amid the rolling hills of Gyeongju in South Korea, there is a structure, a perfectly round tower that's tapered with a square frame perched on top. It was built with 362 big granite stones, the same number as there are days in the lunar year. This structure is an observatory, a way for people to examine the stars and planets. And this one is one of the world's oldest. It was built by Queen Sanduk of Shilla, a clever queen from an ancient Korean kingdom. And for her, the stars held a special significance. But we'll get into that later. Queen Sunduk lived 1,400 years ago, so long ago, in fact, that we don't have very much information about her life. Perhaps there were more detailed records at the time, but those have been lost over the centuries. So we do what storytellers have always done. We fill in the details with our imagination. The stories that people tell about kings and queens, inventions and journeys, shift and evolve over time as new people tell them. The story that someone tells about Queen Sunduk may sound very different 100 or 1,000 years from now. But this is the story we are telling about her right now. Queen Sunduk was the second daughter of a king who had no sons. She grew up in a palace with long wooden corridors and curved tile roofs. She learned history and art and literature and the sayings of the Buddha. She liked dipping her brush into the pool of deep black ink on her desk and carefully writing out her characters on the soft mulberry paper. She watched and listened carefully as the people around her discussed power and politics. When Sunduk was in her early 20s, it became clear that the aging king was not going to have a male heir to become king in his place. But Sunduk had a plan. Imagine her now.
She is staring into the polished bronze mirror in her room. Her calm, steady dark eyes stare back at her. Her long black hair is braided and wrapped around her head like a crown. Her silk robes rustle as she whispers to herself in the mirror, you can do this. Do you ever whisper to yourself in the mirror? You can try whispering, I can do this, to yourself sometime too. With a final glance, Sunduk gets up from her mirror. She smooths and adjusts her richly embroidered durumagi that she has put on just for this occasion. The bright colors soothe her and make her feel strong. Sandak leaves her rooms and walks with purpose through the winding hallways of the castle she lives in with her family and enters the room where the king is meeting his advisors. She knows the problem he is facing. In Shilla at this time, people are divided into three main social classes called bone rank. Only the highest class, the sacred bone, can become king. But there are no men of sacred bone left. There are women of the sacred bone. And Sanduk knows she is one of them. We don't know for sure exactly what Sanduk said, but maybe, just maybe, it sounds like this. Father, she says, I know you are looking for a man of the sacred bone to take your place. But I am sacred bone. I have studied our history and our land. I know what our people need. I listen carefully. And I can be our kingdom's first queen. The room is silent. And then the king smiles and nods. This is true. And it was brave of you to come and ask. Whatever it is that happened, Sandak became Shilla's first queen. She ruled fairly and cared about her people. She chose her friends carefully and watched her enemies closely. But one of those enemies was very, very close by. Right inside the palace, in fact. And he did not believe that women should rule a kingdom. 
Tonight, we find Queen Sunduk in a tricky situation. She is pacing, walking up and down alongside the lotus pond. She is still wearing her tall, glittering gold crown that tinkles gently when she turns her head. Queen Sunduk is dealing with an insurrection. An insurrection is when someone tries to take over the government and replace the people in charge. That someone, in Queen Sunduk's case, is a nobleman named Pidam. Pidam thinks that he should be in charge. Pidam thinks that a woman shouldn't be running the kingdom. Pidam is spreading rumors and bringing some of the noblemen to his side. And tonight, something is about to happen to help Pidam's rumors fly further. Tonight, as Queen Sunduk paces by the Lotus Pond, as the people of the palace enjoy an evening stroll or walk home from a gathering, they see something extraordinary. A fiery streak of light flashes down towards the horizon. A bright and enormous star has just fallen from the sky. Pidam sees this too and rubs his hands together gleefully. He will use this falling star to fuel the rumors and bring more people to his side. Queen Sunda sees the falling star too, and she knows how Bidam will use it. In the morning, she calls a meeting of her closest advisors. I know you've all seen the falling star. And I know you've also heard the rumors that Bidam is spreading, she tells them. We cannot let him bring more noblemen to his side. If his forces grow too strong, they'll attack the palace and we'll lose the kingdom. Her advisors mutter amongst themselves. An advisor with a long gray beard that hangs from his cheeks like silk tassels whispers in her ear. Queen Sunduk shakes her head no. A scholar with ink-stained hands and papery crinkles around his eyes clears his throat and whispers in her other ear. Queen Sunduk shakes her head again. 
then a general with a weathered brown face and piercing eyes like glittering black diamonds, taps her shoulder. He leans over and whispers in her ear for what seems like a long time. This time, Queen Sunduk smiles and nods. We have a plan, she says. Tell everyone you know to watch the night sky tonight after the sun goes down. As the sky fades from the amber-orange of sunset to violet, deepest blue, and inky black, Queen Sunduck raises her hand as a signal. In an instant, the general lights a kite with a torch and tosses it up into the air. It rises, burning bright higher and higher above the palace until it hangs in the sky like the brightest star of all. The whispers return to the palace. Queen Sunduk smiles. Pidup will not divide the kingdom. Queen Sunduk will leave behind a legacy of wise rule, peace, and prosperity for her people, and carve a path for women to rule in Shilla. Because when Queen Sunduk moves on, the next king after her will be a queen. The story is over now, but the imagining doesn't have to be. Close your eyes. Imagine yourself sitting with Queen Sunduk in a pavilion overlooking a lotus pond. The water reflects the inky dark sky and you can see the reflection of the kite in the water, still burning bright like a star. Her silk sleeves rustle gently as she dips her brush into a well of ink and slowly writes out characters onto a page. Is it a letter? To the next queen, perhaps? A poem about the lotus blossoms floating on the water. Or maybe this very story you just heard. We'll never know for sure, but we can imagine.
This podcast is a production of Rebel Girls. It's based on the book series Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls. This story was produced by Katie Sprenger with sound design and mixing by Mumble Media. It was written by Sonia Swanson and Sonia Thomas. Fact-checking by Joe Radigan. Narration by Mina Kim. Thank you to the whole Rebel Girls team who make this podcast possible. Stay Rebel.